This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Wednesday, September 14, 2022. Happy Hump Day, everyone. We're halfway through the week. So, let's get to it. Our Fight Laugh Feast magazine is a quarterly issue that packs a punch like a 21-year Belvini, no ice. We don't water down our scotch, why would we water down our theology? Order a yearly subscription for yourself and then send a couple yearly subscriptions to your friends who have been drinking lukewarm evangelical Kool-Aid. Every quarter we promise quality food for the soul, wine for the heart, and some Red Bull for turning over tables. Our magazine will include cultural commentary, a psalm of the quarter, recipes for feasting, laughter sprinkled throughout all the glossy pages, and more. Sign up today at FightLaughFeast.com and get your subscription. Now, Elon Musk back in the news. Twitter buyout deal approved by shareholders. They want to force him to buy now. On Tuesday, Twitter shareholders voted to approve Elon Musk's $44 billion buyout deal that was set in motion earlier this year. According to The Verge, sources yesterday had suggested that the vast majority of shareholders were set to approve the bid, which with the required majority being locked in before Tuesday's meeting. The vote comes as Musk is locked in a legal battle with the social media platform platform over an attempt to terminate the deal after Musk thought data that confirmed that the number of Twitter accounts had been automated bot accounts is less than 5%. Twitter sued Musk for his attempts to terminate the deal, arguing that Musk created their agreement. The trial is expected to begin in mid-October. This is a developing story, so check back with me tomorrow for updates. Moving on, U.S. inflation comes in higher than expected as food shelter costs surge. The U.S. annual inflation rate came in at 8.3% in August, higher than the market forecast of 8.1% according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, BLS. We heard from them yesterday. This is slightly down from the 8.5% reading in July. The core inflation rate, which strips the volatile food and energy sectors, also advanced to 6.3% last month. This is also higher than the market expectation of 6.1% and up from 5.9% in July. On a monthly basis, the consumer price index rose 0.1%, while the core CPI surged to 0.6%. Food and shelter costs contributed to the inflation numbers as they increased 11.4% and 6.2% respectively year over year. The energy index eased to 23.8% and new vehicles surged to 10.1%. Used cars and trucks jumped 7.8% and apparel edged up to 5.1%. Transportation services soared 11.3%, and medical care services swelled 5.6%. Within the food index, most most items were up both a year-over-year and a month-over-month basis. Bread prices rose 6.16, sorry, a little bit of difference there, 16.2% from the same time a year ago. Milk soared 17%, eggs spiked 39.8%, and fruits and vegetables surged 9.4%. But who cares about that, right? BLS data further showed that meat was mostly up across the board, with uncooked ground beef up 7.8%, chicken jumping 16.6%, ham 9.2%, and pork surging 6.8%. But hey, on a positive note, airline fares, which were up by about 33% year-over-year, fell 4.6% on a monthly basis in August. So, yay, a small, small boost there. On energy front, prices also eased considerably from July to August. Fuel oil slipped 5.9%, and gasoline declined at 10.6%. However, electricity prices added 1.5%. 
U.S. stocks reacted to the hot inflation report. The Dow Jones and the S&P 500 were down 2.7% and 3% respectively during the midday trading on September 13th, while the Nasdaq was down 3.85%. Financial markets have cheered anytime there's the slightest hint of easing inflationary pressures because investors think this would prompt the Federal Reserve to slow down its pace of rate hikes or to cut interest rates. Central bank officials have repeatedly stated that they do not intend to turn dovish during this tightening cycle until there is a clear evidence that inflation is on a downward trend. Fed Chair Jerome Powell spooked financial markets last month when he told the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium that households and businesses need to brace for, quote, some pain. Just what our economy needed. Speaking of which... I mentioned the stocks in that last article. Well, stocks tumble after inflation stays hotter than expected. Stocks are tumbling and disappointment is shaking markets worldwide Tuesday following Wall Street's realization that inflation isn't slowing as much as hoped. The S&P 500 sank 2.3% in early trading Tuesday, threatening to snap a four-day winning streak. Bond prices also fell sharply, sending their yields higher after a report showed inflation decelerated to 8.3% in August instead of the 8.1% economics expected, economists rather, expected. The disappointing data means traders are bracing for the Federal Reserve to ultimately raise rates even higher than expected to combat inflation with all the risks for the economy that entails. The Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 603 points, or 1.9%, to 31,777 as of 9.45 a.m. Eastern Time, and the Nasdaq Composite dropped 3.1%. Almost all of Wall Street came into the day thinking the Fed would hike its key short-term rate by a hefty three-quarters of a percentage point as its meeting next week. But the hope was the inflation was in the midst of quickly falling back to more normal levels after peaking in June at 9.1%. The inflation report arrived before trading began on Wall Street, but it sent a thud through markets worldwide. Hey, 15,000. In other news, 15,000 union nurses in Minnesota begin strike, citing low wages and understaffing. About 15,000 union nurses at 15 hospitals across seven different health systems in Minnesota have walked off the job protesting understaffing and overwork in what's believed to be the biggest strike of private sector nurses in U.S. history. The Minnesota Nurses Association strike led slated to last three days began at 7 a.m. on sat, uh, September 12th. The group's membership voted last month to authorize the strike. Nurses in the Minneapolis and Duluth areas are complaining about low pay, a death of resources, and the inability to care for patients properly, such as running wards without lead nurses and poor shift scheduling practices. Quote, I can't give my patients the care they deserve, said Chris Rubish, the vice president of the Minnesota Nurses Association and a nurse at Essentia Health in Duluth, according to the Washington Post. He continued, call lights go unanswered. Patients should only be waiting for a few seconds or minutes if, they're, if they've soiled themselves or their oxygen came unplugged or they need to go to the bathroom. But, the, but this can take 10 minutes or more. Those are things that can't wait, end quote. At a September 1st news conference, Minnesota Nurses Association President Mary Turner said, quote, our health care and our profession are in crisis. The response from the hospitals, while negotiating, while negotiations have been continuing since March, the union decided to proceed with the strike because of the hospital's offer of about 10% wage increases over three years. The union had asked initially for a 37% boost before settling on 30%. 
A spokesperson for the Twin Cities Hospitals Group called the request, quote, unreasonable, unrealistic, and unaffordable, according to the Minnesota Reformer. Hospital administrations have hired replacement staff and traveling nurses to keep operations running and bring minimal disruption to patient care. Quote, nurses have steadfastly refused to go to mediation, Paul Emote, a spokesperson for the Twin Cities Hospital Group, which represents four hospital systems, told the Washington Post. He continued, their choice is to strike. This strike is on the nurses. End quote. The mission of Armored Republic is to honor Christ by equipping free men with tools of liberty necessary to preserve God-given rights. In the Armored Republic, there is no king but Christ. They're free craftsmen. Body armor is a tool of liberty. We create tools of liberty. Free men must remain ever vigilant against tyranny wherever it appears. God has given us the tools of liberty needed to defend the rights he bestowed to us. Armored Republic is honored to offer you those tools. Visit them right now at AR500.com. Americans like to work from home, so much so that they'll take a pay cut to keep it, this according to a study. Workers in the United States are willing to take a pay cut so that they can continue working from home, states a study published in August. Work from home has found to average 1.5 days a week worldwide, according to the study conducted by a team of international economists and other experts. The study, Working from Home Around the World, surveyed full-time workers from 27 nations as of mid-2021 and early 2022. Workers were found to value the option of working from home for two to three days per week, so much so that they were willing to take a pay cut of 5% on average. In the United States, workers were willing to take a 5.7% pay cut for remote work options. On average, workers across countries wanted 1.7 work-from-home days per week at the end of the pandemic. In the United States, the mean desired for work-from-home days per week was at 2.1%. However, the actual work-from-home days in the country was 1.6, while employers were only planning to offer 0.8 days for remote work. Overall, 5.26% of employees working from home for one or more days per week were willing to quit their job if their employer wanted them to return to on-site work for more than five days. In the United States, this number exceeded 40%. In the United States, the risk that city-level fortunes will diverge due to work-from-home models is more acute than in other rich nations, the report noted. In part because political decisions about the provision of local public goods are more decentralized in the United States and local fiscal resources are more closely tied to local economic prosperity. These aspects of federalism give rise to more scope for a downward spiral in city-level fiscal resources and urban amenities. Compared to other countries, the United States also has more location options sharing the same legal system, cultures, language, etc. As such, if a city's governance were to fail, it is easier to move to another similar but better performing city, the report stated. Last month, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York released a report showing that many remote working jobs which popped up during the COVID-19 pandemic have remained open and are expected to remain open in the future. Well... There's our bumbling economy. But on the other note, it's time to talk about my favorite topic, sports. NFL legend Michael Irvin eviscerates the idea of Colin Kaepernick joining the Cowboys. Let's just stop, he says. Love it. The playmaker, that's his nickname back in the day, was not having it. After Dak Prescott went down for what might be six to eight weeks, though Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, seems optimistic it's going to be three to four, with an injury to his throwing thumb, the first take crew was bouncing around ideas on what Dallas should do in the interim. Tyler Huntley was first broached, but... No one ultimately thought the Ravens would part with him with Lamar Jackson unsigned. 
So he's the backup of the Ravens, for those wondering. Stephen A. Smith brought up, guess who, Colin Kaepernick. And Michael Irving shot the idea down. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Don't do it. As Keyshawn and I were talking about this outside as well, you know what? This is a different subject for another day, maybe. It will never happen, in my opinion. Might want to make that call to Colin Kaepernick. Might want to take that change. Might want to find out. Now, now, he ain't been around, but he's a playmaker with his legs. Who's available? You got to take that into consideration. You got to take all. Now, I don't think it will ever happen because it's in Texas. In the state of Texas, you had saying, you know, patriotic individuals that they pride themselves on being since, you know, the whole Kaepernick situation was hijacked. That narrative was hijacked to them. It's that. And Jerry Jones not going to let that get in the way of business. But I, I would think about it. I would say that and getting back to reality, because I don't think that's reality in fairness to everybody here. In the end, excuse me, it is the NFC least, right? Um. We talk about the NFC least. We're talking about Cooper Rush the winning NFC the game against Minnesota. They're 3-0 well, yesterday. Yeah, 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 so what? I mean, well, first of all, don't count the commanders. They played against Jacksonville. Stop that. Right. Stop that. The Eagles, how the hell you give up 35 points to the Detroit Lions? Because that worried me. Because the that day after me. the NFL draft, I told you that Detroit online offense will be a problem. You did say that. You did say that. The offensive line might be better than the Eagles. I'm not disagreeing with you. Before everybody grabs this and try to run with this, let's start with this Colin Kaepernick stuff. Okay. Let's just stop. Okay. Colin Kaepernick's been out of football yeah. for, what, five years now? Yeah. Something like I, I, that, yeah. Come on, man. Let's stop. Let's all of a sudden thinking we can go resurrect Colin Kaepernick and he's going to come so and you prefer- resurrect a football team. I'll take my chances with Cooper Rush. I will take my chances with Cooper Rush. I saw Cooper Rush win a football game last year. That's all I'm saying. Let's just run down that It's just that about five different people were in my ear this morning bringing up Colin Kaepernick. So I thought I'd bring it up to football people and say, I've been saying for the longest. He's been gone for years now. He's been gone for years now. But people wanted me to bring that up, so I said fine. Did you notice that Smith tried to back away from the bag of crap that he just lit on fire and left it for all of us to smell? Oh, no, I, I just five or so people brought it up to me, so I thought I'd ask. Yeah, nice try, buddy. We all know that you're just a puppet trying to keep this conversation going about Kaepernick. Even when Cap had the ability, this was over five years ago, mind you, he wasn't even that good. He was something new in the league when he helped lead the 49ers to the Super Bowl against the Ravens all the way back in 2013, by the way. But since that season, his numbers fell off a cliff. People cling to the notion that he was a good QB, all for the sake of pumping up his national anthem protest. In fact, I think there was a game in which he was two of eight or something like that and threw four interceptions. And that was all in the first half. Just abysmal numbers. Kaepernick hasn't played in the NFL since 2016. When he kneeled during the national anthem to what he called was a protest of social injustice while a member of the 49ers. And by the way, he also said that the playing in the NFL was like being a slave because, well, they're all players playing for white owners and getting paid millions of dollars to do so, by the way. Smith has said in his past that former President Donald Trump inflamed this story because it was a revenge on NFL owners for not allowing him to buy the bills. And, of course, Stephen A. Smith has to put his nose into politics. This has been Garrison Hardy with your Cross-Politic Daily News Brief. If you liked the show, hit that share button down below. If you want to sign up for a club membership, sign up for our conference with that club discount, and then sign up for a magazine subscription. You can do all that at Fight, Laugh, Feast. 
Bigfoot.com. And as always, if you want to email me a news story, ask about our conference, or become a corporate partner with CrossPolitik, go ahead and email me at garrison at fightlapbeast.com. For CrossPolitik News, I'm Garrison Harding. Have a great day, and Lord bless. Thank you.